All right, Council, we're about good to go. We'll come back to our places at this time. <laughs> Good evening again, ladies and gentlemen. You are now in meeting number two, so we welcome you. I want to call the meeting of Monday, December 11, 2023, to order at 6.09 p.m. And uh, we're going to, at this time, we'll have the invocation by Ms. Jessalyn Thomas of First Baptist Church. And then we'll have our Pledge of Allegiance by Mr. Casey Lewis, Congressman. Congressman. By Councilman, oh boy, I, I prophesied, I just want you to know that's on the record, by um, Casey Lewis, and we'll have the uh, Texas Pledge by Mr. Larry Brosh. Then we'll have a presentation. All right, let us all stand at this time. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in abundance of, of counselors, there is safety. Mayor Evans and City Council, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do for our city. We appreciate your hard work and sacrifice. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray your blessings over these men and women who have gathered together to work for our city. Please give them insight and wisdom as they make decisions for the people of Mansfield. Lord, may we also be reminded of this holy season. Thank you for the greatest gift that you gave us, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to the Texas, one state, under God, one. Council, at this time, we have a special presentation, a beam signing that's going to take place out in the foyer. Our chief of police comes at this time. Mayor, council, city management, thank y'all very much for taking the time to, uh, to, to do this beam, beam signing ceremony. I have to tell you, it's really exciting times for us. If you haven't been down Heritage Parkway lately, there is a lot of lot of work going on. Several different trades working on the project, and and it can and it can be seen from a distance. So it's it's really a good thing to see. It took us a while to get it out of the ground, but believe me, these guys are for picking up some speed for us right now. I have to tell you, I'm going to bring Brian up, who is. Uh, uh, one of the lead project managers for our project is going to give you a little bit of history on on the beam signing. But before we do that, what I wanted to tell you that was so significant about about tonight and about you guys signing this is that each of you were very instrumental in in bringing this project to life. And I think it's only appropriate that you be the the first ones to sign that beam. So that's going to be waiting for you out here. And I want you to know that. A lot of times people just sign a beam. Sometimes they write inspirational messages. Sometimes they write a Bible verse. Whatever inspires you, then, then, then let that be said. But I have to tell you that the beam will be purposely installed in the area that's directly above the entrance and the exit for the employees. So symbolically, that is a message that you're going to be giving to each and every employee that walks into that building, not just now, 
but generations to come because we'll have generation generational employees that'll go through that door and each time they do that it'll be symbolic that we have that beam with your signature and your thoughts on that so thank you all very much for taking the time and i'd like to take one more minute and let brian uh, really give you some details on the history behind a beam signing ceremony thank you thank you chief yep mayor council a uh, good evening brian hennington for uh, steel and freeman uh, in addition to being a construction professional on this job I'm a citizen of Mansfield, lived here since 2005. I love this project, I love everything about it, and as a citizen, I thank you for the support you show to our first responders. Uh, we are here tonight, uh, as Chief said, to celebrate the uh, completion of the PD structure with a topping out ceremony. Uh, I would like to, uh, I'd like to introduce you, our project team right quick. They're here with us tonight. Uh, starting with Assistant Project Manager Alex Toomer. Uh, James Elliott, project manager, most important person on our site, Jeremy Jones, and next to him, uh, Courtney Tate, marketing, and president of our company, Mike Freeman. Thank you, guys. So if you know anything about Steele and Freeman, the DNA of our company is 23 fundamentals, and tonight I want to talk about fundamental 22, which is show meaningful appreciation. So we're showing uh, appreciation to you as council, to the first responders, and it's a time for celebration, so it fits under that uh, fundamental very well. The history of topping out goes back to uh, about 700 AD when Scandinavian builders would put a tree on top of their heavy timber tr uh, frame when they uh, topped it out. Of course, we're building with steel now, not heavy timber, so the uh, tradition has evolved where you paint and decorate a beam that, of course, has everyone's signature on it, and that'll be lifted into uh, to place for the, the structure. Uh, at this time, I believe we're gonna go out to the foyer and sign the beam, unless, Chief, unless there's anything else you would like to add. Mayor, is this a good time for to walk out and sign the beam? Let's make it happen. All right, sir, thank you. It is a good time. And, and you know, sir, we would not only invite the council, but anybody that's present that would like to sign that beam would, would welcome that. So thank you all very much. I want to invite Chief Lehman to, to sign that beam.
All righty. That, that was a history-making moment, ladies and gentlemen, a history-making moment. All right. This time, we will we'll have our citizens' comments. Citizens wishing to address the council on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda, you may do so at this time. Due to the regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act, please do not expect a response from the council. As we're not able to do so, this will be your only opportunity to speak unless you're speaking on a scheduled public hearing item. After the close of the citizen comments portion of the meeting, only comments related to public hearings will be heard. All comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized during citizens' comments or during a public hearing, applicants included, please complete a blue or yellow card located at the entrance of the chambers and present it to the city, the assistant city secretary seated to my right, to your left. As a reminder, this will be your only opportunity to speak unless you are speaking on a scheduled public hearing item. Council may not respond due to regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act. You will have, again, five minutes. All right, Ms. Marine, do we have any comments? Thank you very much. All right, Mr. Walter Jacobs, if you would come at this time to state your name and your address, and you have five minutes, sir. Uh, good evening. Good evening. My, my name is Walter, <coughs> excuse me, Walter Jacobs. I'm from Newark, New Jersey, and I'm here on a holiday 
I just want to say I've been visiting the city so far and I enjoyed myself. I just want to express that to the mayor and the council because you have your city running on a nice keel, friendly keel. I just wanted to mention that while I was here and I want to watch how you run your other business. I, bring, I brought my family here so they can see their city working so that you know when they get older, if they want to be part of a council or even be the mayor, they get a chance to do that also. And I understand that the mayor have a church that's the oldest black church in this city. I go to Metropolitan in Newark, so I'm gonna let my pastor know that you know I visit a very historical church. So thank you for your time. Happy holiday. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> All right, see the babies clap for you. That's good, I tell you. <clears throat> All right. All right, thank you, sir. All right, moving right along. Council announcements, Mr. Brosh? No. Mr. Tenora? All right, Ms. Short? Just a quick uh, thank you to everyone that was involved in putting together the tree lighting and the drone show. It was amazing and it was so good to see our community come together and to see the pride in Mansfield. And um, you just really see the importance of events like that when you're out there and experiencing it. So thank you staff and, and this council for approving all of that. Thank you, ma'am. All right, Mr. Newsom. Uh, none. none, sir. All right, Ms. Bounds. Just wishing everybody Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. All right, Mr. Lewis. Uh, none for me tonight, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, I just want to, um, again, say ditto to what Ms. Short uh, stated to uh, the staff, to everybody who's involved uh, just making the hometown holidays a grand success of what it is. Uh, also, I want to thank the uh, Mansfield Wind Symphony for being so kind and nice uh, and, and helpful uh, in the uh, performance on yesterday at uh, Lake Ridge High School uh, regarding the uh, Christmas story that um, they allowed me to narrate. They asked me to, I was scared to death. So, but I thank them very much. Also, um, together, as, as a council, we, we, we become and have become family here. I do believe that um, I can state that. And we offer, and I do, uh, our sincere condolences uh, to our brother, to uh, Councilman uh, Casey Lewis, in heaven's gain of his father, Donald Neal Lewis. And uh, we just pray God to be with him and them and strengthen them uh, through uh, this, this time. So. Those are all the comments that I have. All right. Item 10, staff comments. Mr. Smolensky. Okay. All right. Council, allow me to do this, please, in regard to our public hearings. Let me move up uh, item 13, item 23-5657. Item 23-5764 and item 23-5783 at this time. All right. Item 23-5657 is an ordinance, public hearing, first and final reading of an ordinance amending uh, Chapter 155 of the Mansfield Code of Ordinances zoning to create a new section 155.057 Neighborhood Design Standards and Related Development Regulations 
uh, OA uh, number 23-008. Mayor. Yes, sir. I'd like to make a motion to table this until the first reading in January. Thank you. That motion was from Mr. Lewis. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. That's from Ms. Bounds. I hear enough questions. Please cast your votes. And that carries 7-0. Thank you very much. All right. We move now to item 23-5764. That is an ordinance of public hearing continuation and second and final reading of an ordinance approving a change of zoning from manufactured home district and uh, pre-R, pre-development district to PD, planned development district for attached single family residential and manor house uses on approximately 11.03 acres located at 2600, 2626, and 2628 North Main Street, uh, Phillips Equity Capital LLC is owner and developer, zoning case number 22-018. Their motion regarding? Mayor, I'd like to make a motion that we table this item until our next meeting in January. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. Second. Thank you, sir. Mr. Newsom. Questions? Mayor. Yes, sir. We had tabled this one indefinitely until they worked through with staff at the previous meeting. So I think if we specify a, the first meeting in January, it will have to come back on that meeting. Is that correct? So we, if we approve this, we would bring it back on January 8th, the first meeting, or it's the first meeting. Yes, so can you modify it? I can modify it to table it indefinitely to work with staff. Thank you, ma'am. All right, second. Confirm the second. Okay, confirm the second. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mr. Lewis. <clears throat> Please cast your votes. All right, and that item carries 7-0 as well. And we also have item 23-5783. That's an ordinance, public hearing continuation and second and final reading on an ordinance approving a change of zoning from PR, pre-development district to PD, planned development district for a single family attached townhome development on approximately 7.869 acres, generally along South Mitchell Road and River Birch Drive. Uh, property is addressed at uh, 1000 South Mitchell Road. Uriel uh, Carrillo is the applicant. Uh, zoning case 23-006. Mayor. Yes. I'd like to make a motion to table this uh, until our next meeting in January. Thank you, Mr. Second. Mayor. All right. I think there's a time is short. All right. Questions? Hearing none, please cast your vote. All right, and that item carries 7-0 as well. All right, thank you all very much. <clears throat> we will now go back to um, the public hearing item number 12, item 23-5772. It's an ordinance public hearing and first and final reading on an ordinance to consider adoption of the future land use plan entitled the Mansfield 2040 Plan and establishing a future land use map and recommending land use policies and practices. Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Honorable Mayor. Good evening, yes, City Council. This is a public hearing on the Mansfield 2040 plan, which is the future land use plan 
as required by state law. I would like to go through this, first starting with an image of Mansfield in 1948. And here you see Main Street running north-south, some of the vestiges of future Broad Street coming through. And this was our community in 1948. This is our community today in 2023, a bustling, thriving one that is destined to lead economic growth on the south side of the Metroplex and to establish standards that support building communities, building neighborhoods, not subdivisions, and creating examples that others can emulate. In terms of why we need to have a future land use plan or the Mansfield 2040 plan, it's that Chapter 211 and Chapter 212 of the Texas Local Government Code established zoning. Chapter 213 of the Texas Local Government Code has provisions that establishes requirements to provide plans that encourage growth. The Mansfield 2040 plan, it is an example, a product of what the Texas Local Government Code is looking for with respect to creating plans that guide land use decisions and land use recommendations. And the Mansfield 2040 plan as in front of you this evening, it is a living document that is designed to inform future regulations, zoning, and to ensure that the future that we want to have for all is not only a reality but achievable. In terms of that journey, there was a citizen planning steering committee that was created by city council. And from the city council, there was really one imperative, and that was to dream big. And the citizen planning steering committee certainly did that. As part of that journey and that process, it also included us introducing them to the economics of sustainable land use and understanding that land use doesn't operate independently of other activities and functions of a city, but that there is an economic, a fiscal impact that's involved with that. And that certainly came out with the Urban 3 study that changed our thinking on a lot of things with respect to not just development, but urban design. We then went and we toured Norton Commons, which is a mixed-use community in Prospect, Kentucky that has been praised by the Congress of New Urbanism and others nationally and internationally for design and mixed-use activity. And from those tours of Prospect, Kentucky, and even downtown Louisville, Kentucky, the Citizen Planning Steering Committee came back with a refined vision and an increased understanding of the importance of this document. And there you see a few of the members there. The first order of business was to craft a mission statement. And that mission statement is to deliver an adaptive plan that embodies sustainable land use practices and results in a community that is highly regarded for its quality of life, protection of the built and natural environment, and an inclusive future for all. And that was based again on walking through Norton Commons and seeing how detached single family homes could be on smaller lots. And this one here is on a lot less than 50 feet in width. The same here. And I know we've seen a lot of these images before, but the notion that we can have architectural variety and we can have detached single family homes 
exists within walking proximity of row houses as shown in this example allows us to view land use through a different prism and even detached single family and detached single family being within walking distance of a manor home which we saw earlier today starts to create the notion that we can provide a wide range of housing products in our communities and obviously providing opportunities for commercial activities such as what you see here with a shop front that supports retail use. And of course, vertical mixed use activity with the ground floor being available for commercial use and the upper stories being available for residential use, creating communities and creating development patterns that are sustainable is what our citizen planning steering committee saw. And those are the elements, the features that they want to bring back and share with our community through this document. So from those reflections, again, development patterns that are mixed use, they are fiscally sustainable. Development patterns must serve the needs of multiple generations. Development and infrastructure have to be coordinated. And that's not just from a development and a design perspective, but also from a fiscal sustainability perspective. To have elevated standards for urban design that create a strong sense of identity and place, and then realizing that land use is inherently connected to other professional disciplines, including cultural arts with the mural scene here, parks and recreation with the civic space scene here, and then with economic development seen here with entertainment activity and with high-rise corporate office space. The Mansfield 2040 plan, with that being said, is an integral part of the comprehensive plan. And those are elements that were shown in the previous photographs that are part of it. The Mansfield 2040 plan is derived from our True North principles. And the Mansfield 2040 plan mission statement and guiding principles they do guide the land use plans, policies, and recommendations for the entire community as presented to you today. So with the Mansfield 2040 plan and True North that we stand under the compass in terms of what our actions should be and that we have noteworthy essentials as in organizational excellence as O, remarkable experiences as R together as one as T, and healthy economy as H. And that's all delivered under sustainable land use practices, an elevated quality of life, protection of the built and natural environments, and an inclusive future for all. With True North and with other reflections came nine land use categories that help guide our land use decisions and recommendations. That is a state residential, suburban neighborhood, urban neighborhood, mixed-use local, mixed-use regional, parks and open space, public and semi-public, retail and office, commercial and light use. And if we think about some of the form-based development districts that have come before you as a body and reflect the rural to urban transect, which is a gradient showing human activity from the least intense or the most rural to the most intense and the most urban that is what these categories represent and do. As an example of a state residential, an example of mixed-use local. From those land use categories, there is an appropriateness rating that provides some other uses. 
including single-family detached, attached, multifamily, low-intensity, and high-intensity, local business, regional, commercial, agricultural, light industrial, and open space. And the purpose of these land use appropriateness categories is to provide a better understanding of what projects should look like and the appropriate mix and intensity of these types of uses and activities. As an example here, which is an image showing land use appropriateness with detached single family and in the background there, vertical mixed use and corporate office. So demonstrating how the Mansfield 2040 plan would work with land use appropriateness. And here is an actual image that shows the proposed future land use map. And again, wanted to concentrate the highest and most intense activity of development and intensity along our key corridors that starts to create a strong image as our residents, our businesses, and others come to our community that they know who Mansfield is, where Mansfield is, and what we're about for our future. From that future land use map comes five special area plans, the downtown district, the entertainment district, the link Western Promise, and the extraterritorial jurisdiction or the ETJ. Here's a downtown district and showing the appropriate land use within this special area. Here is the entertainment district and showing the appropriate land uses for it. And then the link. And I do wanna pause here and talk about the link a little bit and that, that demonstrates that connection between land use and economic development. That this is where we see high technology and other research and innovation employment opportunities coming to our community and better positioning Mansfield on the forefront for economic development activity and also for technological advancements. And then the Western Promise, showing the appropriate land uses there and creating that strong nexus of neighborhood-oriented activity along Broad Street. And then here's the ETJ, where there is an opportunity to work with developers and property owners to the extent allowed by state law on plans that further Mansfield's vision for the future. There is a very robust public participation campaign that was kicked off between Freeze and Nichols, our consultant for this, as well as city staff. And one of the public participation moments and key is the Mansfield Youth Council here, sitting and speaking with whom we have in the audience this evening with us, Daniel Harrison, Connor Roberts, and Erica Craycraft on the vision that they have for the future. And that's a part of creating that inclusive vision for all. And of course, introducing other principles and practices that come from those who are on the leading edge of neo-traditional urbanism principles and walkability, such as the great Jeff Speck. In sum, this plan does capture and articulate a multi-generational vision it had multiple open houses and stakeholder discussions to create a plan that engaged a wide variety of Mansfield's residents and business owners, as well as those who have a stake in its future. 
does provide land use policies, plans, and goals that are specific to the entire community, and those are more specific to special area plans. It is an adaptable and livable document. It does provide increased guidance on land use recommendations and decisions. And before sharing with you, City Council, the Planning and Zoning Commission's recommendation, if I may, Mayor, City Council, ask Mr. Harrison to come up and speak to you as they were the driving force behind this plan on reflections and thoughts as we've reached this final stage. Mr. Sure. Harrison. Well, thank you, Council, for the time that we have to come and, and talk to you. We're, we're uh, very proud to be here today uh, presenting this plan to you. This has been a great experience working with your community, working with you, working with your staff. Uh, we did start this process at the beginning of the year, uh, doing what we try to do as planners at the beginning to listen to the public, listen to the community, let them tell us uh, what, they, uh, what they value. Uh, you have done a really great job with your True North principles as we've seen those echoed in the comments that we've heard from people. Uh, and as we took that effort and put that into the plan with our guiding principles moving forward, really trying to build upon the, the leadership that you guys have provided uh, moving forward and looking at the community to say, well, what's really possible uh, for the city? And what are we gonna look like in the next 20 years? So capturing that input and putting that down into the plan, uh, working with you, working with the PNZ, working with the uh, Conference of Plan Advisory Committee, uh, working with staff, having the open houses, gathering that feedback uh, from people. We really are excited about the plan that we have presented to you tonight. And what we really have in front of you is what we see best represents the input that we've had from all these different sources of input and is a good guide to moving you forward. Uh, I'm, I'm, we work in a lot of communities, some larger, some smaller, and it's really uh, encouraging for us as planners to see such a great city taking a leadership role in defining its future, uh, whether uh, we see you all the time on the news. You have great uh, representation. There's always a great story coming out when I, when I turn on the TV and I'm watching the local news, something about Mansfield, what's going on in the city. And, and we have a lot of pride in the fact that we get to help you uh, on this journey. So a lot of exciting stuff going on. We've tried to capture that on in the plan. And really, uh, from a policy side, what this plan will do is help you fulfill that vision that you've had in these different elements from true north down to the guiding principles of the plan uh, to moving forward, helping you out for the next 20 years. Thank so, you. Thank you. <clears throat> let, let, me, let me ask council, they would have uh, statements to make themselves. Y'all have done an outstanding job. Let me give them an opportunity to address you if they would like to, uh, to my left. Any words that you all would like to share? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right. All right, Larry, I see that finger. I'm watching that finger. There it goes. All right. More, more forethought than what I can imagine All right. has gone into it. Yes, sir. All right. On my right, Ms. Byron. It's been awesome working with um, many people that were on the committee and working with you guys and going and looking at all the possibilities that there could be. I mean, originally, on when I first got on the council, I had no idea what some of these places looked like and how they would feel. And we went and touched them and looked at them and, and collaborated with each other and talked about could this be built here and, 
and then bringing that back and bringing it to a committee of citizens and asking the citizens to look at it as well. And then all of the public meetings, getting all of the feedback has just been great. So hats off to everybody that worked hard for this and you guys as well. And I'm excited about the prospects for that. Thank you. All right. The others, Mr. Lewis. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, so Councilwoman Short and I were elected in 2018, and I know this was one of our top things to accomplish, and here we are almost six years later, and it is done. Uh, you guys took the lead over in January 23 and have done a, a great job putting this together. Um, I think it's important to highlight that council didn't write this plan. City staff didn't write this plan. We certainly probably could have, um, but this was our community and our residents that wrote this plan. You guys went and heard the feedback. We put together a variety of residents that provided input um, into, into what this was. And so they are the ones that gave you all of the feedback as you went through the process. Um, we've been able to weigh in throughout, but ultimately this final document that is being approved tonight is a result of a year of community input and feedback and open houses and all of that. I think it's great and far passes what my expectations of having it were. That said, um, it, it does us no good if this becomes a document that sits on a shelf, which our previous land use plan ultimately did. Um, and even this evening, we had somebody referencing this new plan that a, a community member had referenced this new plan in, in zoning cases. I know Mr. Alexander, you and your team will point to this as developers come through the DRC process. I know developers will go on our website and look at this um, and that we will monitor this over a three-year and five-year period and, and make updates, as you said at the beginning, Mr. Alexander, it's a living document. Um, but to what Councilman Brosh said, that just so much more forethought. I, I saw a video this morning, actually, that just talked about in, in the United States in general over the past couple of decades, we have um, let everybody kind of focus on building their own kingdoms individual unique kingdoms, but it has been to the detriment of our communities as a whole. And I love that Mansfield is leading the way to say, yes, we can each have our own little slice of the American dream, but our collective, our public spaces and our community and the look and feel of all of that in Mansfield, Texas, 20 years from today is going to be substantially better than it, it currently is. Um, and so I love that we get to lead, lead the way in that as long as we use this plan as the guiding principles. So thank you guys. And I think, again, the key word is community participation. Citizens, they're the ones that help to bring forth what is now the vision for our city in the years to come. So thank you very much for shepherding that, facilitating that. Uh, we uh, made sure that uh, different strands of the community were involved in this, in particular our, our young people. That, that really, I think, made it happen. And, um, you know, that was an intentional effort on you all's part. So I think we got that and more from you all. So we, we appreciate it. So we look forward to seeing what the future holds. We really do. So thank you very much. Sure, city manager. Obviously, thank you to Freesha Nichols. Most of all, thank you to the public that participated in this. And I'm, I'm glad that we took the time all of us to get out of our own fishbowl.
you know, and look around and see what, what options there were that were out there for us. I'm glad that we took citizens to see that stuff. Uh, I, think, I think it's a real watershed moment for us. But Jason, I want to address you and your staff. I know you guys have undertaken a monumental task in doing this. And I know, I know the late nights and early mornings that you've spent doing this. I know that that's true of the rest of your staff as well. And I wanted to tell you how much we appreciate you for that. We really are grateful to you. You're not just a guide when we go on these, on these uh, excursions where we're, we're looking to see the best of what we can find and bring it here. You're also a guide here at the podium. You know, you also kind of guide us through uh, everything that we're looking at, and you do it so eloquently. So with that being said, thank you. As, as a member of the staff, I want to thank you so much. You've made uh, this process a pleasure, and I, and I, don't want, I want to make sure you're not overlooked in that process. I know they don't overlook you in that process. No, we do. I want to make sure anyone watching at home knows we don't overlook your, your participation in this. So thank you. Thank you. All right. That's a good word. All right. There are no other comments. I will open the public hearing at 6.53 p.m. Do we have any cards, ma'am? I will close the public hearing at 6.53 p.m. and I will call for a motion. To approve. Second. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Ms. Bounds seconded. Any questions, comments, any more statements? Hearing none, seeing none. Motion carries 7-0. I think we can applaud that. History has been made again. Thank you very much. Good job, good job, good job. All righty. Moving now to item 23-5747. That is an ordinance. I'm under public hearing 13. That is an ordinance, a public hearing, and first and final reading of an ordinance approving proposed amendments of Chapter 155 of the Mansfield Code of Ordinances to repeal the regulations in Section 155.082E8 related to a special exception for temporary batch plants and to amend the regulations in section 155.099B23 related to temporary batch plants. OA number 23-012, Bradley, City Attorney. Thank you, Mayor. Yes, Mayor, sir. Council, as you know, this is the same topic and information I have for you now that we, we covered earlier yes. this afternoon in the work session. I guess I'd, I'd want to just stop and ask, is, is this something you want me to go through again at this point, or do you have any further questions, or would you just like to proceed to the public hearing? Are you sure? No. Do I need to twist your arm? I just want to know. No, I, we're, we're good, sir. Thank Excellent. you. I'll, be, I'll remain available for questions. All right. All right. I will open the public hearing at 6.55 p.m. Do we have any cards, ma'am? I will close the public hearing at 6.55 p.m. and I will call for a motion. Motion to approve. Second. Right, Ms. Bounds, and I believe that was Mr. Newsom. All right. All right, please cast your votes, ladies and gentlemen. And the motion carries 7-0. Thank you all very much. All right, we'll move now to our new business. All right. That is item 23-5768. It's an ordinance, an ordinance of the City Council of the City of Mansfield, Texas, authorizing the issuance and sale of City of Mansfield, Texas combination tax and revenue certificates of obligation 
of Series 2024 in the aggregate principal amount not to exceed $65 million, levering a tax in payment thereof, prescribing the form of a said certificate authorizing the execution and the delivery of bond purchase agreement, paying agent registrar agreement and a bond council engagement letter approving the official statement and enacting other provisions related thereto. Mr. Listina. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Yes, sir. Uh, what we have before you tonight uh, is the sale and the approval uh, authorizing the issuance and the sale of the bonds. Yes. Uh, we have this item. We have the following item, yes. uh, which is a $50 million issuance from our utility fund, our water sewer fund, uh, for the expansion of the water treatment plant. And then finally, there's a third issuance, which is a refunding uh, of some debt, which ultimately uh, saves us some money. Uh, I'm going to turn this over to Nick Bulosh from Hilltop Securities. He's going to talk about uh, the sale and all the great news that we got today. Uh, as Nick holds these books, I'll, I'll bring them up here and deliver them to you. And then also with us is uh, Rob Collins from Bracewell, our bond counsel, should we have any uh, questions for that. All right. Bring on the books. And we have to approve these all one at a time, don't we? Mm -hmm. All right, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Good evening, Mayor and Council. My name is Nick Bulash with Hilltop Securities, the city's financial advisor. And as Mr. Listina said, uh, also in the, the crowd is Rob Collins, the city's bond counsel at Bracewell, who helped um, incorporate, incorporate the final pricing terms into the ordinances for your consideration tonight. We priced these today, and so it was a bit of a fast and furious day. That's why we... Um, <clears throat> bound them uh, as, as, as good as we could. I'm not going to go through all this verbatim, but I will, if you're, if you're okay with it, Mayor, if this presentation covers the next three items, but you have to uh, consider them individually, yes, but if sir. I could just cover all three. Yes, you can. Great. Um, <laughs> so looking at the front cover, uh, we sold $58,575,000 of uh, combination tax and revenue certificates of obligation. That funds 65 million in spendable proceeds. Again, it's due to the thing that you all have seen before when uh, bond investors buy your bonds at a premium, more than 100 pennies on a dollar. So that's where that additional money's coming from. General obligation refunding bonds, 11,290,000. And then the waterworks and sewer system revenue bonds of 44,955,000 that funds 50 five zero million dollars of spendable proceeds again because of that premium uh, uh, pricing all of the city's uh, ratings were affirmed with a stable outlook and if you look at the ratings on the front cover we've denoted which are tax and which are water sewer you should be very proud and I know you are uh, of your very high ratings uh, we will continue to, as the city moves forward, work on some of these ratings, specifically the AA2 with Moody's that was last upgraded in 2010 on the water sewer side. We thought we were close to being there this time around, but we just weren't. Um, but we will continue to work on that. 
Moody's did, however, up upgrade your tax in 2021. So that's a relatively recent upgrade. Uh, moving behind tab one, these are the credit rating reports for the tax uh, portion of your, your credit. So both Moody's, or Moody's, S&P, and Fitch are all in here. Uh, some of the most reoccurring themes as you read through them, they note the tax base, the high median household income of your residents, conservative budgeting practices, financial results and operating performance is continually strong. And that's the one thing about the rating agencies. One good year does not make a trend. One bad year does not make a trend. But they really look at trend analysis. And that's where the city really shines in its financial results and operating performance. And um, SMP, again, they're the one who, who take it a step further with your financial policies and practices, and they rate them as very strong, which is the highest you, they can rate a um, financial management score, which leads to that AAA rating that uh, the city has from SMP. Behind tab two are the same, it's a group of rating reports, but this is for the utility side. Um, I will note that Moody's it's the exact same report for Moody's because they now combine both their, their tax ratings and their utility ratings into the same report. It is a duplicate. Um, but some of the common themes you see here is the growing customer base, and again, that customer median household income, uh, liquidity, the exceptionally strong financial profile, sufficient water supply is noted because of your contract with Tarrant Regional Water District. Um, and then if you, if you don't read all the reports, it might be worth reading the Fitch report in the utility fund. They, Fitch does a really, really good job. And by the way, Fitch rates your utility fund as AAA. Uh, they do what's called a FAST, F-A-S-T, uh, Fitch analytical stress test to your utility fund. They assume that your future debt projects are 10% higher. They, they stress your revenues. And um, it's a pretty robust model that they run this through, but um, you, the city uh, continually performs well under their stress test analysis. Moving to uh, tab three, and, and this is really one thing I want to spend one second on. You know the saying where it's uh, better to be lucky than smart, and um, I'm not trying to say anything about not being smart, but whenever we decided on this was the day that we were going to sell debt, we were really, really smart or really lucky. So I want to, I want to, if you look, this is what's called the bond buyer index. It's an index that tracks the yields across uh, the municipal market. The big chart shows what this index has done since 1981, um, and the onset chart shows what this index has done over the last month since November 2nd. Um, this, you, you can see the index has gone from 4.17% down to 3.41%, which was set last Thursday. So that's 76 basis points lower pretty much during a month. So much to say that the Financial Times uh, published, I mean, newspaper recently reported that the, that the U.S. fixed income sector is set to notch its best monthly performance in almost 40 years. So, um, again, timing was impeccable. 
And not only did uh, the, the timing work out, but the final results of the transaction blew through all of my projections. And I, and I promise I'm not sandbagging. Yes, I'm being a little bit conservative, but um, we really blew through all of the projections. So getting into the numbers, if you look behind tab four, this is the final debt service on the certificates of obligation. The final rate was 3.79%. I never thought I would see sub 4% again. Um, last year, you sold at 4.17% on your COs, and that was uh, a market that, that was before interest rates really took off. Um, you can see on the far right-hand side, the total P&I is about 4.76 million per year. Level annual debt service first payment comes due in fiscal 2025 or budget year 2025. Um, down at the bottom of that page, you see that the net cash premium from the underwriters was a $6,738,000. That means not only are they buying your bonds of 58 million five hundred seventy five thousand are also giving you that cash premium of six million seven thirty eight that you can use and spend on your projects as proceeds um, the very next page in that is just the pricing summary and i'm not going to get into this but if you look at the column price that's one two three four five six from the right or excuse me from the left you can see every one of those dollar prices of these bonds are over 100%. So that's, they're paying more than 100 pennies on the dollar because your coupons are greater than the, your yield, so they're compensating the city for that. Um, again, very, very pleased with this. I, I think I was projecting about four and a quarter, four and a half, so blew through my projections um, on, in our models. Any questions on the CEOs? Hallelujah. All right, to my left, are there any questions? Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yippee, yay. <laughs> yes, that's good. Great job, sir. Thank you. Um, and so the next tab, this is behind tab five. This is the final numbers for your utility fund, water, sewer, revenue bonds. Uh, we sold 44955000 dollars the net cash premium from underwriters on this transaction was $5,323,000. And so that, again, just is extra cash, or not extra cash, that is cash that is used for the project, so we're able to downsize the amount of bonds that are sold. The true interest cost is 3.788% when you factor in that cash premium. And one thing that I do want to point out, which is very unusual, is your utility fund bonds priced slightly 0.004% lower in rate than your tax bonds, and that's very unusual. In fact, um, our underwriter, you don't see that. Even a utility fund and a geo tax bond side-by-side -side with the exact same rating, typically the geo bond's going to be about five basis points better, about 0.05%. We believe that there's just not much high-grade water sewer revenue bonds in the, in the market. So you got a lot of attention. In fact, there was $165 million of investor orders on these bonds. And we had $44 million to um, sell. So we were able to lower the yields even further after pricing. So it was a very, very good sell. Um, behind that page, again, is that pricing summary where you can see the dollar price of those maturities of over um, 100 percent or 100 pennies on the dollar that proves where that additional uh, bond premium is coming from and how it's generated. 
Any questions on the utility fund revenue bonds? On my right, on my left. All right, thumbs up. Okay, almost done. The general obligation refunding bonds. These are bonds that are used strictly to refinance some outstanding debt that the city has, specifically your 2015 certificates of obligation and your 2015 general obligation refunding bonds. Um, this is the final debt service schedule of this. It looks a little bit strange on the far right-hand side with the repayment, but we're, what we're doing is we're mirroring the repayment of those old bond issues. We're not extending the final term. We're staying within the same term of those bond issues. The true interest cost on this transaction when you factor in the net cash premium from the underwriters is 2.906%. Again, next page is the pricing summary. And if you turn to page three, this is the savings analysis of the refinancing. We have the refunded debt service, which is that first column. These are the old bonds that were, were taken out of the market. We have the new 2024 debt service, and then we have the savings on the far right-hand side. The less delivery date transfers of 275000 that is refunded payments that were already budgeted in this fiscal year, so rather than use any savings that doesn't do anything for the city, the city contributes that in to help downsize the issue. If you look on the far right-hand side, the savings is about $130,000 per year. Um, and again, we stayed within the original payback structure for a total savings of about $1.3 million in total. And again, this is merely taking out higher coupon debt, replacing it with lower coupon debt. Down below, there's a present value analysis. The number I wanna draw your attention to is the very bottom one, the net PV benefit, net present value benefit of 8.9%, the city has a policy that that number has to be at least 3%. So we far exceeded the city's policy on that present value percentage savings. Finally, turning to the last page within, under that tab, these are the bonds that we are taking out of the market. The 2015 COs, all outstanding with a 5% coupon. The 2015 general obligation refunding bonds, those are outstanding um, with fives and a 1-4% coupon. So the average coupon rate of the refunded bonds is 4.98%. We're taking those bonds out with, a, with new bonds that carry a 2.91% interest rate. So that's where that savings is generated. And then the last two tabs are, are merely just the preliminary official statements for the GOCO and the utility fund, uh, just to put in there for your um, reading enjoyment, to, to say another way. But... Um, if I can answer any questions that you have, I'm happy to. I'm, congratulations on the great pricings, the great sales. I wish I could take any of the credit for the, <laughs> for the incredible market timing, but I'll give all that credit to Troy and Brian for uh, determining the sell date. And I do want to thank Troy and Brian because there's so much work that goes into the preparation for the rating reviews, the diligence calls, the, the, the documents. So, um, Takes a lot of work. Just want to say thanks to, to um, Troy and his team. Yeah. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. All right, Ms. Bounds. I just have one question um, on the debt service schedule. For clarification, we didn't extend anything. We refunded, correct? Yes, ma'am. We did not extend anything. All right. Thank you. Outstanding. All right. On my left. Yes, sir, Mr. Brosh. Nick, uh, just. Just help me figure figure it out. Uh, the uh, there 
were no tax exempt in in any of the three different uh, fundings. Is that correct? All three fundings were all tax exempt bonds. Is that what you, is that what you said? Okay, they are. Yes, sir. I, I, I advanced through and I thought I saw where one said non, uh, non tax exempt. Okay. Yes, sir. All taxes. So they are. That, yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. Makes sense. All right. All right. We're good. Listen, thank you all so very much. And um, to you, to our staff, thank you for an outstanding job. And even to, to our city manager, you know, thank you very much yes, for putting together a top notch team. So we, we all are the benefactors. All right. All right, Mayor. Yes, sir. I, I just want to, as Nick mentioned to begin with, those will be three separate items, so we'll have to take action on each of those sure. individually. And I was visiting with um, Mr. Collins, correct, um, your, your bond council, a little bit about what that approval needs to look that like. As Nick mentioned, the, the amounts are different than what were originally included because of the favorable terms that you were able to receive. And so, Mr. Collins, would you be willing to, uh, I guess, just advise the mayor on what would be the best form for the motion to be to make sure these are approved appropriately? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Attorney, you. Uh, mayor Evans, yes. uh, Rob Collins, Bryce Wells. Great to be here as always. Congratulations. And I will say Nick mentioned, I've never seen a water and sewer rate lower than a geo on the same term. So pretty incredible. I'm going to add that to my book of first, um, for respect to the approval of each of the items, we had not to exceed amounts or approximately amounts uh, in the caption. Yes. Uh, we're not exceeding any of those, but I think for to make it as clear as possible, the uh, the item for the combination tax and certificate resolution take out the amount not to exceed and add in in the principal amount of fifty eight million five hundred seventy five thousand okay. for the general obligation refunding bonds. I think we had the approximate amount of change that to in the principal amount of 11290000 And then for the water, work, and sewer system bonds, we had in the approximate amount of $50 million, and let's change that to in the principal amount of $44,955,000, which matches the pricing information that Nick just went over in detail. Okay. All right. Yes. Did you all get those? 58, okay. Okay, good, I hear you. Okay, I hear everybody. Brent, you got, Mr. Newsom, you all get those numbers? Okay, all right. Thank you very much. So then, with that in mind, in regard to item 23-5768, uh, I am ready to entertain a motion. Mayor. Yes, ma'am. I'd like Short. to make a motion to approve the principal amount of 58 million five hundred five. $58,575,000. Thank you, ma'am. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. Questions? Hearing none, please cast your votes. Motion carries 7-0. Thank you all very much. All right, item 23-5769. I'm also ready to receive a motion. Mayor. Yes, sir. I'd like to make a motion to approve the ordinance with... Uh, the principal amount not to exceed 44955000 Thank you, sir. Is there a second? Second. second. All right. I think, I think I heard Mr. Brosh. All right. Thank you very much. Questions? Hearing none, saying none. Please cast your votes. That motion carries 7-0. Item 23-577.
8. I will call for a motion. Mayor, I'd like to make a motion to approve the ordinance uh, at $11,290,000. Thank you, sir. Second. Oh, that was a tie. Who was that? Was that Tamara? <laughs> Tamara and Julie. Okay, we'll give it to Tamara this time. All right. And the motion carries 7-0. Thank you all very much. Good job, good job, good job. All right, we move now to item 23-5785. Uh, it's a resolution of the City Council of the City of Mansfield, Texas, approving an economic development agreement between the City of Mansfield, Texas, the Mansfield Economic Development Corporation, the Board of Directors of Reinvestment Zone Number 2, City of Mansfield, and Oak Hollow Group, LTD, finding that the meeting at which the resolution is passed is open to the public as required by law authorizing the city manager or his designee, the MEDC board president and chairman of TERS number two board to execute said agreement and declaring an effective date. General Fund, MEDC, TERS number two, Mr. Moore. Thank you, Mayor. Council, this item, if you recall, was on your agenda for October 9th. Yes. And it was approved with two uh, conditions within that motion. One was that the minimum capital investment be increased to $22.8 million, yes. and second, that all of the townhomes proposed be three stories. <clears throat> Subsequently to that council meeting, we went back and met with the developer and then um, several council members one-on-one -on -one and talked through what the capital investment and the commitments would need to be uh, to move this project forward. And I am uh, happy to report that they did accept your phase one uh, minimum capital investment. And of course, the, the rest of the phases as shown um, all total up to 22.8. But that first phase is the most important because that's what will be built first and set the standard. And based on that will be future uh, phases, uh, you know, contract contracts of sale for the rest of the, the properties. Um, they also um, agreed to the proportionate share of two and three story mixture uh, consistent with Main 7th in Arlington. And in the agreement, we, we added a, a condition that the city manager and the developer may mutually agree to amend that proportionate number uh, based on uh, the market. And so that would be a city and a developer um, agreement, not just developer driven. So. Every other deal point is uh, is similar in that way. Uh, this image that you see was their original uh, concept plan. Of course, that would need to go into schematic designs. This is already zoned D3, so there are downtown district design standards associated with that zoning district. Um, but I'll address any further questions you may have. Sure. All right, on my right, Mr. Lewis. Uh, so approval of this, development agreement gets executed, when do, when do dominoes begin to fall? So within 18 months, the way the agreement's worded, within 18 months, commencement of construction on the actual townhomes happens. So between then, uh, between now and then would be demolition, um, potential relocation of the Kimball House, depending on how that is evaluated and, and priced, um, along with the timing of Main Street, uh, any reconstruction of Main Street, um, and some of the engineering that's that's required for public infrastructure uh, brought to the site. Um, so from a, a timing, the, the commencement of vertical construction 
which is foundations being poured, is 18 months from the effective date of this agreement. All right, thank you. Anybody else on my right-hand side? You all good? All right, on my left, Mr. Brosh, Mr. Noor. Do you sure. have any idea how many uh, acres this is involving? The total acreage? It, yeah. The, the Let me see if I have that slide. No. So for um, all four phases, it's a little over... Uh, it's between two and three acres total. Between two and three, and, okay. And, and I say that and, and with a kind of an approximation because the roadways that are you know involved with Kimball, right, right. they'll look at amending those to our streetscape standards. Um, sure. And same with the connection to the backyard. So some of that yeah. will go to right away. Okay, uh, that's good enough. I just okay. was trying to get my head around. Yes, that would be inclusive of the uh, the MDC. That's right, okay. the whole parking lot. Everything. Yeah. Yep. All right, any others? If not, I will call for a motion. Motion to approve. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. Is there a second? Thank you, Mr. Tenora. All right, questions, statements? Hearing none, please cast your votes. Motion carries 7-0. Thank you all very much. All right, now we move to 23-5786. Um, resolution and resolution of the City Council of the City of Mansfield, Texas, approving an economic development agreement between the City of Mansfield, Texas, and uh, Southwest Mansfield Development 2 LLC, finding that the meeting in which this resolution is passed is open to the public as required by law, authorizing City Manager or his Designate to execute said agreement and declaring an effective date. Mr. Moore. Thank you, Mayor. Yes, sir. If you'll recall, several months ago in executive session, you gave staff direction to proceed with an agreement to bring sales tax uh, to this development. This is urban living phase two by Stillwater and the Reserve. This is a $100 million estimated capital investment. And with that, <clears throat> excuse me, with that comes about uh, $2 million in taxable sales that could be sourced to Mansfield that otherwise would not be. So this agreement would require that they, they do a separated contract so that materials can be sourced to Mansfield. Um, otherwise, it's a lump sum contract, and wherever the materials are purchased outside of the city, those sales taxes go there. So this is similar to the home builder sales tax agreements that we have. And this is 50% uh, of the 2%. The, the so MEDC and MPFDC would retain those funds, which is estimated to be about $500,000 for this one development. Okay. All right. On my left, any questions, statements? Everybody good? On my right, my left, my right. Everybody's all right? That's good for tonight. All right. So I will call for a motion. Move to approve. Thank you, Mr. Brosh. Is there a second? Second. Thank you, Ms. Short. Questions? Hearing none, saying none. Please cast your votes. And the item carries 7-0. All right, move to item 23-5787. It's a resolution of the City Council of the City of Mansfield, Texas, approving contract to exchange real property between the City of Mansfield, Texas, and JBK Realty, LLC, finding that the meeting at which this resolution is passed is open to 
public as required by law authorizing the city manager or his designee to execute said agreement and declaring an effective date. Mr. Moore. Thank you, Mayor. Sir. As part of our redevelopment plans for downtown, Fire Station 1 was programmed to be relocated to another location off of Main Street, mm -hmm. and the city purchased the property at 700 East Broad, which is this hard corner of Walnut Creek and Broad Street um, about a year ago. We closed on that property, and as we started doing a fit analysis for a fire station, it became apparent that uh, to fit something there was going to require some additional property. The property at 702 East Broad, which is the rectangle just to the east, so this plan, the plan is actually facing uh, north is to the left of the screen uh, with broad running east and west. And this property has an existing uh, building on it. I think it used to be a racetrack of some kind um, historically. It, the, the width and size is um, very challenging without any type of adjacent uses or adjacent assemblage. And so we approached the property owner and negotiated. The council gave us direction to do a swap. Um, and so what you see in red, the red dashed, um, is the property that is currently owned by JBK Realty that we would obtain. And the blue is currently owned by the city and in this land swap will become JBK's property. Uh, the important thing is that we maximize the amount of taxable property to generate sales tax. And that's exactly what uh, what we're showing here is just a continuation of the development from Benson Manors. So you have the commercial, and this is this was really just a fit analysis. So there'll be uh, further schematics that are produced. Uh, we did rezone uh, the city's property, and before we close, we will rezone the JBK property as well, so it's consistent, uh, as well as de demolish the structure. So this agreement provides for pre-construction uh, activities, which allow us to go in and demolish both the house on the hard corner as well as the commercial building on 702 East Broad. Fire station plans are underway, um, so as soon as this transaction occurs, we'll go back out and provide updated surveys to the uh, architect team uh, to move that forward with planned construction beginning within about 12 months. There was not attachments in the actual exhibit in the, uh, on the agenda item. We've provided those to the city secretary's office uh, to be included. Those are actually updated as of Saturday or Friday uh, from the title company. So we have those legal descriptions associated with these. If anyone in the public needs those, uh, we can get with the city secretary. All right, good word. Thank you, sir. All right, on my left, are there any questions for Mr. Moore? Okay. All right, I'm all right. Very good. All right, then I will again call for a motion. Move to approve. Thank you, Ms. Short. Second. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. No questions, comments? Please cast your votes. And that item carries 7-0. Thank you all very much. All right. Well, you're in the batter's box a lot tonight, aren't you, sir? All right, item 23-5793, consideration of a community activation grant application made by the Pickled Mansfield Society. Mr. Moore. 
Thank you, Mayor and Council. Rachel Bagley sends her uh, regrets for not making it tonight, and I'm going to stand in her place and do the best I can. Mm -hmm. We do have the historic downtown programs, as you recall, restaurant programs and community activation grants. As part of this year's uh, Pickle Parade uh, request for funding, there was an application received by our office for the downtown community activation grant, and its uh, total amount requested is $135,500. Uh, they did provide us uh, with a breakdown of what was requested last year, and that 73200 was used was taken from hot funds last year. And so this would be a difference uh, using the Community Activation Grant Fund. Um, and the differences, you can see significant uh, increase for the, the bands that are being uh, proposed, as well as the shuttles, uh, additional shuttles. And then the ads and um, marketing piece of that is the 26000 uh, that's additional for this year that was not included in the grant request or um, I guess allowance last year. So I'll be available for any questions how this program would work. Um, I think the uh, Pickle Parade uh, organizers are here uh, to answer any questions as well, uh, but be happy to uh, try to address those at this time. All right. On my right. Yes, sir. Mr. Lewis. Uh, Jason, have we seen uh, any financial statements, books, records, any of that, um, and have they been verified with the requests? We did. We did receive the breakdown for all the payments that were made last year. Every check that was cleared. Um, is that what you're asking from from 2023's event? Uh, typically, when we're doing these, we actually when we're doing agreements, we dig more into like the financial statement of. We don't want to be providing city money to where it's in excess or beyond that the organization can then profit out of that or apply that to future uses. Like we want to assist this. We've done that with numerous events with this grant fund. Um, and so wanted to verify that that had been done. And if it has not, before we approve this, can we go through that process? Sure. And I, let me yield to the applicant. Did we receive that? And then the, the other one is um, uh, the grant application is pretty clear. You cannot receive hot funds. That's correct. Um, I think hot funds had a three-year timeline, and the grant funds are, are similar. So just trying to make sure everybody understands kind of how those pieces are working. Um, you guys didn't apply for hot funds this year. You're asking for grant. I understand that. but. With this grant fund, because it's it's essentially general fund dollars that are funding that, um, we did the same thing with like the meat mugs and brew and all of those others to make sure that like this isn't. We want to sponsor certain things, and I know that the city provides all of the police and support and all of those pieces. We just want to make sure that we're also not providing what ultimately becomes either profit or future events outside that we're actually covering hard costs that are, are needed, that there's a shortfalling in funds to, to produce, not the city being first funds to produce. That's correct. Okay. We also, I sent them the expense statement to show what other expenses were entailed with the event. And the expense breakdown, the, uh, of course, that one piece of paper is not in here. We requested the 130, 135 
our anticipated expense for that for the event, not counting the police, the police and fire, et cetera, is uh, roughly two hundred sixty-four thousand. So we're not using the whole disbursement to fund the whole to fund things that are non what I call, what we call essential expenses, but that not necessarily benefit the whole citizens of the the whole community. Uh, certain things like um, the Queen pictures, things that we use to promote the organization throughout the year in other events to promote the city of Mansfield. As in just this weekend, we spent almost $500, which isn't a lot of money, but it is. Uh, we were at the city of Arlington Christmas Light Parade. We were there promoting the community. We don't promote ourselves individually. We always run ourselves as Mansfield Pickle Queens. So in that case, right now, we are setting with cash, as far as you're acting cash, we actually have right now in, the, in our total operating funds, we have $163,927. It's going to take roughly $300 to run the event, and that's been consistent pretty much every year except for the COVID year. We've ran between $275 to $300 to run the total event is where we're at. And we can go back historically with the numbers y'all have because we've presented them all before. But I had the bank statements. He brought the bank statements as well. So we can not only just our books that y'all could have actually the bank statement. And okay? I apologize. Rachel did have those in her emails. It's okay. That's my problem. <laughs> Any other question? Sherry, you and Joan, y'all just state your names for the records for the people oh, who are looking and listening. I'm Sherry Carb. I'm one of the original Pickle Queens, and I hold many titles on the board. How's that? <laughs> I'm John Presley. I am the president of the Pickle Mansfield Society and have been for 13 years. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Just for the record. All right. And are there other questions? Mayor Evans, just as Sherry oh, I'm said, sorry. Go ahead. just as Sherry said, we did the Arlington Fourth of July parade just Saturday night. It was decorated, crazy. Decorated the floats up with all the lights and everything, and I'm one of the walkers in front of the girls, and you would be absolutely amazed. You have all these floats in front of us, and there are people are just sitting down watching them, and when we make the turn and we make a corner, people start screaming at, it's the Mansfield Pickle Queens, and they start jumping and partying every time we turn it's the almost comical it's, it's really, really i mean the girls are all decked out completely and all lit well, up. see that's why they holler and scream because they you know yeah nothing I mean, like they, they our pickle queen. they say they are i mean they even the fourth of july parade everybody just goes crazy when they get there and they do recognize them as the mansfield <laughs> pickle pickle queens it's it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> it is a lot all right just go ahead i'll start with uh, miss short and then Mr. Tenor, go ahead, Ms. Short. Uh, well, I, I I'm glad that Mr. Lewis pointed out that this doesn't include the, the police and the parks. And I think the last time we threw a number to that, it was over $73,000. I mean, when you add that on top of this, it's, that's a lot, a lot of money. And I always thought the goal was for events like this that eventually they take care of themselves. Well, we'll we will always provide fire and police and, and the parks uh, because that's we want to keep our city safe. But 
The goal is that you get sponsorships and things like that, and I know you guys do that, but to lessen the amount asked for every year, not increase the amount. So I'm, I'm a little shocked to see this number because when I tried to look at it on my agenda, it just came up blank. I don't know, it didn't, didn't translate well with the agenda. So this is my first time seeing the number, so I'm, I'm still in shock. <laughs> one, of, one of the reasons with that, um, Councilwoman Julie Short, is the growth of it. I mean, the event has grown exponentially every year and the costs have gone up every year. I mean, when we first started this, we had 5,000 people in downtown and that blew us away. The estimated uh, people there uh, for this last event was around 55 to 60,000 people. Those people, it costs barricades, it costs, you know, the bathrooms, it costs, <laughs> to just the safety of the community and those cost increases have gone up exponentially since COVID. I mean, everything costs more this day and age and it is just unbelievable on what just a standard band costs anymore. I mean, you know, we had uh, uh, Emerald City a couple of years, well, five or six years ago and they cost us, I think it was like $7,000. My niece just hired them for the Thursday before our event for her wedding, and it cost them $18,000 for that same band. I mean, everything has just gone up so much. And I understand what you're saying to try to get enough sponsors to offset this. We do get these sponsors, and we do go out, and we beat the bushes and get other people to help us defer the cost of this tremendously. That's the first thing we do every year is, is try to get our sponsors. We haven't got a lot right now because we were waiting on this year to work with the police in the city as far as our route. And we did have a meeting with them. We're gonna change the route. It's gonna follow the same route as the uh, Veterans Parade. So that's gonna cut down a little bit on costs with the barricades and the police having to man everything around St. Jude's and Dallas Street and all that. So that's gonna help a little bit. Cost of the back barricades will go up now a little bit more because we're gonna to have to go from Pleasant Ridge all the way through downtown. So those back barricades is set up and the cost of them are astronomical and um, but we will some of the things that we used to spend money on we're not going to have to this year because the the entire parade route is going to be changed which we think is a great idea we met with the city and they proposed it to us and chief aaron and uh, and faith and looks like it's going to be beneficial for everybody it's going to be less stress for the city as a whole on moving that parade route for the first time in 13 years the initial thing too, when we met you know, prior to COVID, they talked about us being on the three-year plan then. COVID killed us, as everybody knows, COVID killed us. We almost, we're like, if they don't get money, we can't, we can't, we can't pay the bills. So that three-year plan did not develop as we anticipated. We were in prior to COVID, we were fortunate enough that we were getting sponsorships in the range of 60 plus, and that was giving us more of fluctuation in the funds that we used unless we could ask for help. Prior to COVID, sponsorships are not there like they are. People that were given 10 are given 2,500. So we're seeing a big decline in the amount of sponsorship. With the flip side in, the cost has run, our cost is running about 34, about 34 to 36% more, and that's based on the skinny. We still hadn't got all the numbers in for the, what is going to be the actual. We're still getting quotes in. 
So we base that on last year's actuals with anticipation of what is going to run. Our insurance alone has almost doubled. And that's because we're carrying the full liability with the million dollars with the umbrella, et cetera, so forth. You see in the pot, we give you all a certificate every year to make sure we have everybody covered. So our costs have gone up. The 135.5 that we're asking, that is going to put, put us pretty much what I call a wash with what we've got and what, what we're requesting that's going to put us at, after the events over, right at 300000 in operating, which in turn, going forward, is going to put us where we can just work on our sponsors and then just request for the help with the. So do you all go up every year on your booth charges? We have. We have not been a, we have not gone up in the manner that we didn't double the rates because the whole thing that we, our whole premise was we wanted to make this event affordable for everyone. So therefore our market boost were probably one of some of the lowest, lowest in any of any event around because we want our hometown been our hometown people to be able to afford to do the event because some of them can't because of the thing. Uh, same thing on food vendors. We try to keep most of the our food vendors, we keep them lower so we can get the good ones here and they can keep, we keep their prices down. They don't charge at our event what they charge some of these other events and that's one of the reasons we keep asking them back because we want to keep it affordable for our, our community. We've I do understand that, and I, I appreciate that, but it's, I mean, it is being subsidized by taxpayer dollars because you're doing that, so. Um, I, I was, well, we want a family to be able to go and attend. I mean, as I keeps me say from any of the other standpoint, a lot of these families can't load up and take five kids to go. Uh, sadly speaking, I, with the event at the um, Performing Arts Theater, the tickets were too pricey for me to take a family of four, even myself, because it's Christmas and budget, and I'm sorry, we can't do that. And so that's why we try to keep it where you can take a family and you can go down there and still buy groceries that week. Well, and I guess ultimately one of our jobs is to look at the return on investment. And I know there are some things you can't put pen and paper to, just like I talked about the, the holiday events with the tree lighting and the drones and bringing community together. There's definitely some value in that, but also the amount of tax dollars this may bring in or possibly even, you know, heads and beds. I know that's been a discussion before versus what we're having to pay. I mean, we, we cannot ignore that as well. So right. yeah. well, the economic market shows that when you have an event of this size, the revenue periodically coming in because you have new people come in and say, hey, I want to live here. New people come in and say, hey, I want to shop here. Didn't know this was here. So it does, like, it shows us that this is, does bring, you can't tangibly see it because they can't say, hey, I saw you at the pickle parade. <clears throat> this is where it's kind of, but a lot, it brings a lot of attention to our community. A lot of attention to our community. I did have one person do that exact same thing to me at the jewelry store. She came in and they'd only lived here about a year, year and a half. And she came in to have some repairs done and she saw all my little pickle plaques on the wall. And she goes, oh, are you part of the pickle parade? I said, well, yes, ma'am, I'm the president. And she said, we came looking 
down to Texas looking for a new home and we were looking at Keller and then we came to Mansfield and it just happened to be on St. Patrick's weekend and we came to the pickle parade and she said, my husband and I just looked at each other and said, this is where we're moving. And, and I'm just happened a month ago. So it's, but Sherry said really that, that economic development, that economic impact to what we're doing for our city, you don't see every day. And it's, you know, you can't just draw it all out, but it's, I know one family that comes, they spend their, what they call holiday. They come from New Zealand on St. Patrick's Day to see their family here in Mansfield so they can come to the pickle parade. And they have told us they'll come up to me every year and go, we're back again, we're back again. So it's, it's, it's huge. And what, like I said, just in Arlington, the people going, it's the Mansfield Pickle Queens. I mean, every turn we made. And I was like, I know they're just down the street, but everybody knows who they are. And they know who Mansfield is. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Mayor. Yeah, I want to be, first of all, I want to be very, very, very respectful to y'all. I mean, what you do is tremendous. Yes, the amount of people you bring in is tremendous. You do it for a lot of the same reasons we do it. You make the same, basically, we make more money than you do, actually. Now, we used to make the same as you. Yes, nothing. Uh, yeah. My question is, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers, this 135, and I, I'm hearing you say 300. Have we seen the actual budget that reflects the 300? Have you seen that, Jason? I just opened an email that has this budget in there, and it's got 164,000 um, okay. of bank money that's, that they have. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about what they have in their account. That's awesome. They have 164, or they would, or I guess we'd be, they'd be asking for 300. But my question is, they think they say it's going to cost 300,000, but we don't. I don't see what that 300 is going to. I, go ahead. Am I missing something? I, just real quick, just quick interjection. I think we probably. All of us have a lot of questions. I think y'all maybe have need some time to get a couple more things back to us. So I think maybe right now we just uh, like to make a motion just to table to our next meeting in January, give staff some time to work uh, together with those two, um, the, the budget um, overall uh, for that, that larger dollar amount. And that'll, that'll help us uh, get a little bit better feel for, from our end too. Second. But it was, the budget was sent with the, the application. I'll, I'll just say my packet didn't have any of the information. No, I, I had no clue I what the request was anything. until you showed a slide. Yeah, yeah we again, haven't. With the activation grant, it's, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, again, respectively, we just haven't seen anything. This is a first, like council. Let, let me do this. Short said, this is the first time I've seen it. One, one last question, I'm just curious. So, can we take the screen down? We're at not, the end of the, at the end of the event, do you guys give grants to anyone? We do give donations back to our community. Okay, but That's you're who, uh, right out here. And uh, what what amount did you give out last year? Last year, out back to it, we, we gave five thousand back to the community. Okay. Right. We have scholarships, pickle queen scholarships, that we do give back to. We get back to uh, the Boy Scouts that help us uh, run some of the little parking areas. The, the what else? The Lions yeah. Club. We get back to them. 
the mayor. The other thing too that the we keep the, the mayor challenge that we keep in mind that yes, we're giving back to the community because all of the events that you have put in there has gone to the community. There's no charge to the community for the, the for them to attend or to participate. So that is going right back into the citizens. And then on top of that, the feed the kids for summer. We uh, do that. We give them a two thousand dollar monetary value, but we also volunteer with them. M jars. We give them five hundred dollars for their contribution to the event. Salvation Army Motor Challenge. We uh, donate five hundred dollars to that one yearly, as well as volunteer. And then the uh, scholarship fund to the MISD students. We uh, do two different ones at a thousand dollars a piece, and we we. Started at two fifty, and we continue going up each year. That's what we get. That's the actual yeah. bottom line that we disperse. I, I think it's very honorable that you do that. My question to our lawyer: uh, You know, before the way this was funded, I, I can see that they would have no problem doing that. But donating money that is taxpayer dollars—that are they? Are they? Are we allowed to donate, give them money, and allow them to donate it on our behalf? You raise a very good good question, Councilmember Tenori. Uh, what would be necessary uh, on the city's behalf is to put something in place that would ensure that the, the public funds that are being given are being used for the purpose that they're given for. Uh, so to the extent that they have funds to accomplish those, uh, the, those donations of their own, that would be acceptable, but it would be important for the city to, to be able to ensure that the funds they're giving are actually being used for the intended purpose. With the funds that come to the city are not used in the disbursement, they're not on the expense. They're not on the expenses that we submit to y'all for reimbursement. And, and to the extent that just some kind of a follow-up measure would probably be sufficient, right? To to somehow investigate and, and make sure that. There are funds and expenses that are appropriate that are sufficient to justify the, the funds that are donated by the city. So exactly. there, there are ways to make it happen, but um, it beyond, there would be some follow-up necessary to confirm that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We do that. We've done that in all the years past with, with giving our receipts right. for the hot funds. We always right. turn in the receipts. Show where that money well, the only reason I ask because this year it's funded differently than yes. years before. Right. That, that's why we don't the, want to do anything to get in trouble. That we make personally. to other entities yeah. we did not include in the city request. All right. Well, we'll we'll do we'll do this again. Thank you all very much. I wanted to make sure that uh, that all questions were answered, and it does sound like that we're going to need to table to table this. All right, um, let's let's do this. I didn't call for the motion yet, so uh, in regard to proper protocol, I, one was made, but I didn't call for it yet. So I would appreciate always in the future that uh, there would always be at least a suggestion, and not one that is called for without the, the uh, presiding officer calling for the chair, calling for the motion. So. No, you called for one, and I didn't call for the motion. That's not proper. So we can I'll call for one now. And I think that there was a motion to table that was suggested. All right. 
I'd that, like to hear that. That's correct, that. Mayor. That's how I, re I recall that as well. There was a, a motion to table and a, a second that was received at that time as well. Correct. I was just saying I, hadn't, I didn't call for it because there was still conversation taking place. Mr. Norris still had questions that he was asking. So, all right. So just in the future, let's not do that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Also to our attorney. I think there's proper etiquette that we will. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Good. After all of that, now let's vote. I'm dense. We're voting on the mo a motion to table. Yes. Thank you. You're not dense. <laughs> all right. That motion carries 7-0. Thank you very much. All right. At this time, we will recess into executive session. Pursuant to Section 551.071, Texas Government Code, the council reserves the right to convene an executive session from time to time as deemed necessary during this meeting for any posted agenda item to receive advice from its attorney as permitted by law to discuss the following. A, consultation with city attorney to seek advice about pending or contemplated litigation, settlement offer, or on a matter in which the duty of the city attorney to the city's governmental body under the Texas disciplinary rules of professional conduct of the State Bar of Texas clearly conflicts with Chapter 551 of the Texas Government Code pursuant to Section 551.071. B, discussion regarding possible purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property pursuant to Section 551.072. C, personnel matters pursuant to Section 551.074. D, deliberation regarding commercial or financial information received from or the offer of a financial or other incentive made to a business prospect seeking to locate, stay, or expand in or near the territory of the city and with which the city is conducting economic development negotiations pursuant to Section 551.087. Council will now recess into executive session at 7.53 p.m. All right, we will convene back into our regular session at 
8.32 p.m. Council, is there any action coming out of executive session? No. <laughs> Hearing none, I will call for a motion to... Motion to adjourn. Thank Second. you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that was Lewis and Short. And we are voting. And we are adjourning at 9.33 p.m. All right, good night, y'all. Bless you, man. I'll see you later, buddy.